All right. Welcome back to the Archie Coach Cast, everyone. Um, you know me, I'm the ball guy in the background. We got, how is it that the young guy of all the coaches has the less, less amount of hair? I don't understand, Larry. Look at you and Doc. Even Doc has more hair than I do, and he's twice my age. I'm growing transplants. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, I, have... I, go ahead. Go ahead, Larry. I what didn't you say? You soon enough. <laughs> if I'd have met you sooner, I, I could have coached you through those years where you lost your hair. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you could have prevented that. I, that was, uh, this was, this came off while I still had hair. So let's just, let's understand that. Now, if I tried to grow it back now, I don't think it would go quite so well, but anyways, mm. welcome back to the Archie coach cast. We have a special guest with us who, um, is probably a familiar face to many, especially if you shoot 3d archery. Um, Mr. Jack Wallace, how are you? Good. We're, we're, we're happy that you not only are joining us for the podcast, but a little birdie told me that you're going to be joining us as a adjunct instructor for IAI. I'm really going to focus on this 3D game. So, um, well, we're excited to eventually get to talking about that. So um, we did talk to you a little bit about this weekend. How's your season going so far? Are you, are you learning things or are you just destroying it right now? What's going on? Pretty good. You know, I, I think you're always learning whether you want to or not. I, I'll often tell wifey, I'll be like, you know what? I'm just tired of learning stuff. I'd rather just go out and shoot and hit what I'm aiming at. You know, that, <laughs> that, that feels better. Yeah. I don't like learning stuff, but the fact is, uh, you're always going to learn. And, you know, Jesse Broadwater would tell you that the same thing. You're always learning. You know, you're always yeah. striving for a perfection in something that's, and you can't be perfect at, you know, and that's, uh, that's why I lion. love the discipline. Yeah. The, the lion, the lion never loses. He either wins or he learns. Yeah. And that's exactly how it is. Yeah. You know, we've, yeah. um, we're kind of, in reality, we're a little early still in our 3D season. We've had two major asa tournaments so far you know we had the season opener down around gulf shores uh the foley event and then we had one in paris texas a uh, pretty big event a lot of numbers of shooters um as far as the ibo we've had their two early season games we've had their ibo winter nationals their ibo spring nationals and that rolled into the first leg of the national championship which was just this last weekend and uh, that's one of the three jewels of what they call the triple crown uh, overall points leaders at the end of those three is your national champion and they're all qualifiers for the ideal world championships and that'll be in august so at this point we've only had a, a few big shoots down in terms of 3d archery but we've got seven big guys to go we've got two more legs of the national championship the ideal world and then we've got you know three more big asa tournaments and then the asa world classic and actually our next asa here in about uh, a week and a half is one of the one of the bigger ones of the year they're predicting over 2100 shooters for london kentucky so it's always a great event that's outstanding well i guess you know as we move forward um we really want to know a couple of things we're going to start with how you got into the sport in general um maybe you can touch upon we do know that you have some coaching credentials. Um, we want to we want to talk about you know that portion and then get move into you know why 3D archery is your game. Um, not that you shoot everything, 
you you do um but like like 3d is definitely your niche in in, in the archery industry in some ways one of the one of the reasons that you are coming or we are working with you to develop content for prospective 3d shooters um moving forward so you know, the the stage is yours my man like tell us everything that you want to disclose i should say <laughs> well um started shooting when i was probably seven i watched dad you know shoot i'm just a little kid standing there looking out the window and i thought it was pretty amazing how you could take this this projectile this arrow and you could hit bullseyes with it and i thought that was really neat um back in those days dad was really good before there was a lot of organization for what he had fun shooting and and at the time he had fun shooting this really new game 3d archery uh he enjoyed that and there was a coach that looked at him way, way, way back then, you know, in the early mid seventies about uh, maybe getting into Olympic style. And that didn't really interest dad that much. You know, he, he had a job and he worked and, you know, a, a wife and a little guy and all that stuff. But uh, I thought it was pretty amazing what, what dad could do with this bow and arrow. And then uh, it made him a better bow hunter. So I uh, started shooting when I was seven. I think I, shot my first IBO tournament when I was um, nine, I guess, which is around 84. Uh, it was my first IBO. Um, and I just found it to be a game that uh, there was, I could take it somewhere. There was something I could do with this game. I, I loved playing football. I ended up playing football for a good um good team good school great coaches but i was never going to be a pro football player but i knew i could be a pro archer so uh the game stuck with me and um and i do i refer to it as a game a lot because it's i don't think of always as a sport because like i said earlier we don't run each other down and tackle each other but i do think of it as a discipline like golf or a martial art you know it's about trying to gain some kind of control over yourself and you're always learning you're always adapting you're growing with the game and uh, you're always just trying to find a way to continue to reach for perfection in something that you're really not necessarily going to be perfect at. Um, I love 3d because of its relationship to hunting. It built its roots, you know, from bow hunters and uh, you know, and like in today's world, I, it doesn't matter to me if you, if you hunt or don't hunt um, we are playing a game. You know, there are life-size three-dimensional targets and there's a few different styles of 3D archery um, and so many classes. There's a class and a division and a style for everybody. If you're, if you're physically challenged, there's a class for you. You know, if you want to run with your crossbow, there's a class. Uh, if you want to run recurve, unaided, compound, pro, men, women, there's a class. And um, I enjoyed it so much. You know, that's one of the reasons why I got into some of the teaching and the coaching and just trying to pass some of it along because like I'd said earlier, I, I don't think that there should be any secrets. I think all information should be out there. Give it to everybody. Somebody's going to do the work. Somebody's going to excel. And uh, that's just the way it should be in life. So I, I enjoy the teaching and the coaching about as much as anything. And I've worked with some great people known and worked with a lot of great coaches. Uh, known Larry a long time. I always felt like Larry was a, a great coach for, for a couple of main reasons. One, he was a teacher for so long. He could relay information, and I learned a lot from that. And, uh, and the other was he was a professional shooter himself and a world champion. So he wasn't just someone telling. He was someone who did, and, um, and I always liked that. 
and and I've had known several coaches and friends throughout the industry. Um, guys like Tim Strickland, good friend of mine, one of my first I'd call coaches besides dad. And uh, there were so many different things that I, that you can learn from a, a coach, a teacher, a mentor, anyone willing to give you a few minutes of their time. So uh, I love it. I do. My sister was one of my favorite students. Um, as a pro female archer, she had won almost everything you could win in 3D. Um, she you know, stepped away from the professional side to be married and have babies and all that stuff and focus more on her on her professional work life. And, um, and they, they've done great. Um, and, you know, now wifey, my wife's Sharon and, uh, you know, we've, we've just had some great times together. She is very, very teachable, very coachable. And, uh, she shoots a really strong shot and, uh, you know, it's not always you find a lady who has a, a strong competitive desire. She does. So it's, it's, it's great to, to work with her, to train with her. We push each other and tease each other and, and have a lot of fun with our little, our backyard tournaments that we shoot and whatnot. So mm-hmm. um, when the opportunity um, to work with IAI came up, I was, I was excited about it. You know, I um, thought it'd be really cool. And, and there's so many different games like we talked about. Um, Wifey's had some good luck with the indoor game. She hadn't really gotten real serious about it until here of recent. She's had a second in Vegas. She just won the indoor nationals this year and she tied the all-time record. And that's, that's great for a, for a gal that's known primarily as a 3d shooter. Um, I also stuck with 3d because we were shooting, you know, 15, 18, 20 national and world events a year that had great contingency plans. And the manufacturers really, really supported the game because it's so closely related to bow hunting. It's really easy for a bow hunter to uh, read the results, pick up a magazine, follow the IBO or ASA and, and think about the rubber deer that we shoot and think about getting ready for, you know, for whitetail season. It was, it was it's an easy thing to kind of follow and transition from one to the other. And a lot of the skills there can come in handy. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I love it. There's a, there's something to be said. And I, I know this discussion has come up multiple times, but if you are an advanced target shooter in some aspect, whether it's 3D or if you're a bow hunter that shoots target like world archery platform, NFAA, you have the discipline to make a good shot in a high, high level, high stress situation, such as national competitions, world archery competitions, whatever that does carry over to the tree stand and hunting. It's not the same, but it's still the same shot process. You still have to follow the same shot process to effectively harvest an animal. So like, yeah, and it does make sense that, like you said, especially for manufacturers, the idea, there's so many bow hunters out there that are not, don't know anything about the competitive 3d world. They don't know anything about the target world. There's just so many, there's this huge volume of people that have no idea that that even exists or I know I've talked to bow hunters that shoot even 3Ds and are like, what's USA Archery? Like, they don't even know any of that stuff. And, you know, there's definitely like a, not a communication void. Maybe it is a communication void. I don't know. There's this miss and there's this whole huge aspect of the competitive world that's over here. That these people, you got to kind of like, we got to grab them and pull them over. Here, come join us. So, so the numbers continue to grow. But I mean, yeah, that's, that's a really good point though, for those that are out there and, 
understand that there is that relationship there. And it makes sense also from the contingency side. I mean, you're not going to make it in the sport shooting star fetus. Let's just get a set. Let's, let's just be honest. So like, that's the one world on the 3d side of, of, of things where they've done well with helping, even though it's a small population of people who can be professional shooters and live off of it, at least they're, they're there. You know, we don't have that on the, on the target side so much. There's a few out there that do it, but they play all the games just like you have to. So that's a good stuff. 3D's, um, 3D's interesting too, because there's so many people that may pick up a game, any, any sport and say, Hey, I think I want to do this. And if they don't excel pretty quickly, or be finishing where they want to, or, or, you know, or get the ribbon or get the plaque, then they want to move on, do something else. I've always thought that 3d was kind of interesting because if you believe you're just going to pick up your bow and start shooting clean 900s in Las Vegas at the world archery festival and beat everyone, you're probably going to be disappointed. But in three, in 3d, there is, there is a lot to the game. So you can actually, you know, in a game like the ASA, you may not be shooting as well as someone else for that particular time period or even that particular tournament. But if you're having a little better yardage estimation day, you can excel above that. Or maybe you don't always know how far the target is, but you're really good at figuring out what it's not. Well, then you would know how to set your site and play your site in such a way to play it safe and play it smart, just like a game of golf you're not going to necessarily drive it over the water. You're better off to hit it over here and then to get over here. And I think those are some things that if people learned and they understood, man, they'd have a lot more fun at this particular game. And if they wanted to then take all that skill, knowledge, and discipline and take it into the hunting woods, that's fine. If they didn't and they just wanted to use it in their own personal life for discipline, business life, whatever, then there's, there's, a, there's a place for it. Yeah, Definitely. I think that's a good segue to just to talk about what the one we're talking about that knowledge and all that background. Um, I think that's a great way for us to start talking about your class. So we're, we're, we were having some discussion earlier today. Um, we're developing an advanced 3d shooting class and you have a vision for that. We talked about that. Can you, do you want to want to dive into that? Um, that vision um, and the things that we want to share through that class. Yeah, I know we all, all of us had some things that, that we wanted to make sure was covered and, and things that we thought would be, you know, interesting for folks and things that would help them learn the most in the shortest period of time. So, you know, one of the things I would want to do is give them a, a, a history, just give them a little bit of an idea of where it come from. And, uh, you know, it's often said in 3D archery, sometimes two wrongs can make a right. That is attractive for this game. Um, you know, that's, that's not necessarily going to be the case with any you know, uh, marked distance, colored bullseye, target archery type of shoot, there, two wrongs is wrong. <laughs> so you usually don't get away with multiple oopsies there. But in something like 3D archery, yeah, um, you know, they would understand and they would learn some of the history that two wrongs can make a right. So you may overjudge the target a little bit. You may break a little low and you're still rewarded with a, a decent score. And that's some things we would teach them as far as setting up their own game plan. But uh, we're going to go into a lot of things. History, some of the setup, some of the equipment, some of the differences of the main games. And they're going to find that, you know, the main two organizations, IBO and then the ASA, um, I often liken it to, to boxing belts. You know, there's, there's different belts, different organizations that say, hey, we're the best. Well, they're different. They have different rules. They're different games. 
but uh, there's something there that everybody can go play if they want to play. Yeah. Um, but uh, talk about the, the organizations, talk about the differences of equipment if you chose to shoot those, uh, some switches you might make in between the two. Um, go into um, a, a preparation sequence, I guess I'd call it. I, I, I don't know if I want to call it a shot sequence because there's a lot that goes to stepping up to your stake, your shooting station, finding the target and deciding how you're going to play it. There's a lot of things that go into it. You know, where you're at currently, what your score is, uh, is that a target you're familiar with or not? Lighting. Um, are you the first shooter? Or do you have errors to reference off of? There'll be so many things that we'll show people that will run through your mind in the matter of a minute to allow you to evaluate. And then, of course, set your sight, make your shot. Yeah. Um, well, and then yardage comes into play with that too. <laughs> yardage will be a likeness, part of it. Yeah, there's likeness there between golf and field archery. You know, there's a, a heavy emphasis on your pre-shot routine. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot has there's to be so many people that um, just uh, don't really have a shot routine, don't really have a shot sequence, don't have a lot of things that they they think about. Mm -hmm. Or they think that once you reach a certain level that you don't think anymore, that's just automatic. You're a machine. I'm hoping that that's what most of my competitors think, because that's, that's not the case at all. <laughs> you, you, to be the best you can be is to always have your shooting sequences, your steps, your, the things that you have to go through in your mind. And you're doing all that to keep your, you know, your, your conscious mind occupied and busy to help keep you in the present so that you can make a repeatable shot. And I, that's what we're all trying to do with any bow and arrow game. We're trying to make a repeatable shot that's meaningful to us, you know, and that's, uh, that's kind of the secret that I hope to be able to show with, with that. And, and then, like I said, to obviously touching in on the yardage, that's uh, the big mystery for so many people that they think so difficult. In reality, it, it really isn't. You don't have to own every target. You don't have to have multiples of every target. And you often don't need to know what the target is, but we would help people understand knowing what it's not can put a lot of points on your scoreboard. There's, there's a lot of people that, that have gone out. And, I mean, I, I think there's, there's something to owning the targets of understanding where the vitals are. I think there's some carryover to that maybe. Although the Delta McKenzie, those those vitals are pretty much the same on every target, correct? The yeah, like for that particular game in the ASA, they keep a concentric scoring ring. So every 10 ring, you know, as I believe it's like five, five and a quarter inches. And each one of them have a low 12 and an upper 12 that you have to call. And they're all around an inch and five eighths, no matter if it's a turkey or if it's the, the largest uh, buck that they make. Uh, it's very different than, say, the official sponsor of the IBO would be Reinhardt targets. Reinhardt, we shoot a Lynx that has an 11 ring that's maybe the size of your index yeah. fingernail. And yeah. then we have an elk that's got maybe a three inch 11 yeah. and an eight inch 10 ring around it. So, so they vary in size. Um, so there'll be a lot of things that, that we would go over that people would never think about. Knowing your equipment's one of them. Knowing the rise and the fall of your arrow for your different speeds would be a great example of maybe not knowing for sure how far the target is, but if you know you're having approximately 50 yard max, but unmeasured, and you know what your 
arrow rise and fall is if you absolutely know the target's not max, well, then you might be able to figure out that you could put 50 on the bottom of the 10 ring, execute a good shot, let it ride up through the 10 ring, survive that target and move on to fight the next one. So that's just an example of some of the things that would go through someone's mind. That is an example of one of the, the sections of your, of your class that we talked about the risk versus reward. You know, when do you, when is it acceptable to take the risk and to benefit from the award of that risk and still maybe in case that risk doesn't go the way you want it to still come out in, a, in an okay place. And yeah, I, I would love to show people a lot of the mistakes I've made, you know, because I, it's taken me while well, I've shot for, I don't know, around 39 <laughs> years now I've shot 3d and, and I could, uh, we've talked about it earlier. We, you can tell someone something in 10 minutes that might save them two years of wasted time. Yep. You know, one of my game plans of the past was, well, I should be around 10 up each day. So I'll just try to hit the first five. Yeah. Well, usually I ended up with a shovel, you know, digging a hole. And that's, that's not what you always want to do. You got to realize that each tournament, it's a marathon. It's, yeah. you know, it's over two days. It's four hours this day and four hours the next day. And it's not, it's not one target. It's 40 targets. Maybe there's a shoot down round afterwards. So there's another five or six targets. And it's about laying your plans out and thinking about what you need to do. And, uh, you know, do you shoot hard at a 12? If you're the first shooter and it's a super dark target on Saturday morning and it's 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, that may not be your smartest move. You know, and it's, so it's very different. Um, Okay. You know, like in, in, in the IBO, there, there's not a scoreboard. In the ASA, there is. So you know where you're at in the ASA. So it may come down to the end, come down to crunch time, and you might know that you need to put your foot on the gas. You need to try to make something happen. Those are the kind of things that a lot of people don't have the experience of already knowing or thinking about that we should be able to help them with. Larry, I got, I, I need a comment from you because like Jack said, well, one of his game plans was to shoot 10 up before he even started shooting. That was already his game plan. What, what path are we going down there? Yeah. Well, we're thinking. Wrong one. <laughs> and and go ahead, go ahead. Well, you need to talk about thinking, that. Thinking way out in the future, focused on score. And of course, that they're missing the most important thing that they do and that they have control over, and that's their shot process. Yep. Yeah. That's fact. And yeah. It's yeah, I, I get a kick out of the 3D guys. Uh, they'll, after the round is over, they'll say, well, you know, I, I had a uh, plus 20 going there, uh, and then I missed that one on target six. Or you know they had a they had a two twenty going, and then they missed something on target six. Well, if you only shot five targets, there's no way to have two hundred points. <laughs> so you know where their head is. Yeah, right. They're they're on score, right? And uh, of course, we teach, and I know Jack does. <laughs> uh, you've got to deal with the process here. You've got to know what what your process, what your shooting process is. And, and that's what you have control of. After the arrow leaves the, the string, you have no control. Yeah, that's right. It's good stuff. Yeah, I, and, I, and we did talk about, just to, to add on to the conversation, while judging distance will definitely probably be part of this, the, the initial course, 
Um, you you think that judging distance is uh, is a separate course in itself, Jack? You want to you you feel pretty confident about that? You think that's you think do you think that there are people out there that strictly think that that's all the help they, they need and they'll take a judging judging distance course? Absolutely, or? absolutely. Because uh, you know a lot of times, and I've done different seminars in the past and and helped out other organizations with some seminars and. Often, some of the people are, are really into the mechanical side and really want to think about all the setup and the tuning and all the, the gadgets and the toys. And that's okay. And some people are just all about the shot and about shooting and about wanting to draw that bow back and fire arrows and hit something. And that's great, too. But in 3D, for the most part, we're trying to, we're being very, very sniper-like. We're trying to set up this, this setup, this strategy, this game plan and fire one arrow every eight to 10 minutes to try to put up the best numbers we can without giving any away. And uh, again, we're playing that course, you know, and we're playing ourselves. And I think that if people understood a way to train for judging distance, estimating distance, a way to practice, a way to prepare, whether you have targets or you don't, whether you're a first timer or you're a pro and be like, all right, I need to know what he knows because I have judged yardage for you know 39 years and it, it's second nature. And usually if, if there's a, a major problem on my part or an error, it's usually either here, or I've lacked discipline or I didn't follow my rules, uh, you know, or my game plan or, or, but it's, it's rarely the numbers. It's rarely the yardage at this point. And I would love to be able to give that info to people. Um, there's, there's so many shooters whether they, and actually, even if they shoot the known distance classes, because now like say ASA, there's a lot of known distance classes. So they just figure, oh, I got a range finder, click, set the sight, shoot. No, no, I, I would, and I have in the past, and I'd love to work with more known distance shooters to let them understand that there is a game plan. There is a strategy just because you now know what the range finder says the distance of the target is. There's a whole lot more we need to take into account where you're at in shooting order, color of the target, the lighting. Um, what can you see? What you're going to reference? What are you actually going to set your sight on versus where you're going to hold your pin to, to either hit what you're aiming at or control the direction of your miss? And um, I think that'll be just a really fun class, a class that I, I think is going to fill up pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, that's, I'm excited. I'm excited to be part of just developing the class with you and um, yeah, I mean, and I have a heavy involvement in the S3DA, um, and I, I think, and, and it, S3DA kind of has started over in that Kentucky area and it, 3D archery is huge there. I think that a course like this could eventually not just be good for adults, but for these kids that are coming up through and maybe we have a kid on a kid specific class where we're teaching youth shooters the, you know, maybe not the high level intricate parts of setup, but, you know, maybe dial it back a, a little bit and really bring it down to their level to teach them through the, through becoming, developing into 3D shooters, because it's a very popular game. It's, 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 it's definitely, it's part of, the, and it's part of the, the collegiate, um, the, the collegiate uh, competition format. So like there's, there's some benefit there for them to maybe, get some extra um education it's it's archery education is what it is um and that that's that's what we do so i think there's man there's a, as i 
hear you talk about it and I hear your enthusiasm about it. Like it, it makes me excited about, man, this can help so many people. And I think that's what, that's, what's important. That's without a doubt. That's what is the, the most important here is, is bringing education um, to, to the masses really. I think Larry knows how much that, that has meant to me over the past that you've got this knowledge and you've, you've put forth all this work and this effort and all the, the blood, sweat and tears. And, and uh, you don't want it to be a secret. You don't want it to go to waste. You, you want, <laughs> you want that information out there. You want people to know. And I'm, and I'm excited about that. You know, I think it's uh, I'm mm-hmm. very much looking forward to, to getting the info out there. Good. Um, yeah, we need to do it. Anything else, Larry? Uh, I'm good here. It's just, you know, the, the whole idea of our uh, institute is to save people time and frustration and make archery enjoyable, and then they'll stay in it instead of throwing the bow away and, you know, stacking it into closet somewhere where, where they have their golf clubs. <laughs> Doc, you have golf clubs in your closet? I don't have golf clubs in my closet. Uh, no, I gave them away a long time ago. <laughs> you know, they they were they were funny things, you know. My my friend Arnie Palmer was trying to teach me how to use the driver, and then he's because we we knew each other from kids on, and he said because uh, I was I, I was the only archer he knew <laughs> in his whole life that. Basically, he said, "Doc, can you, you better stick to archery." You know, so, <laughs> I, I too funny. Well, well Doc, you, anything else you want to comment on? Just some of the things you're talking about here, Jack. I'm I'm listening, and in fact, I got cut out because I I'm the only professional listener here. It took me 17 years beyond high school to learn how to listen, keep my mouth shut, so I could hear what, what was going on. I get paid for that. So uh, as a psychoanalyst, but the psychoanalytic work that I do is based in the entirety of the natural system. It's just not some kind of psychological jargon. And part of what you're talking about here, your, your ability to judge distance and so forth, you've, you've learned how to do that and how to pick up on, on different things, how to make yourself part of, of, of an external system that then you internalize and you make that part of your shot. I'm, I'm making some assumptions here, but I, I don't imagine I'm too far off track. And no, that's a that's a, a huge part of it, and and that will build confidence. One of the biggest well, things about shooting a bow is having the confidence. Once you set that sight, that's what it is. And 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 stay there. Uh, you know, I, I'm also a, a pilot, and and. And if you have to go into the emergency mode, which can happen when you're flying, you set a plan and you stick with it. The dead pilots are the ones that changed on the way down and, and probably killed other people. So the, the, there's a lot to what you're saying here. And it, it's just very important, I think, because we were ta- a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this whole notion of, of target panic and, and so forth. And I, I think if people think that they're, they're entirely responsible for that shot, then of course you're going to panic. 
because but the truth is you're not you have a, a natural system out here that's working gravity's working your vision is working your 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 in, internal awareness is working you you just sort of are holding the bow when it happens and if you can learn to do that like larry teaches so well and 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 you're you're picked up on jack and we we've all all of us that have got to be trained by larry is you, you have a sequence and as you go going through that sequence that's almost working like a mantra it helps to keep you calm mm. And keeping calm is part of the process because if you're jittery, it's going to show up on the target. It probably won't show up on the target. It'll show up off the target because you're going to miss the target. <laughs> yeah. So you're part of an entire process. And, and that's part of what we're attempting to teach here, which we feel that many times isn't being taught other places. So we, well, and you learn to trust that process. And then you believe in it and that builds confidence. And then the next yeah. thing you know, you get to, you get to reap the reward of, of staying in the mm -hmm. present and executing and then things go the way you want. And then it's very rewarding when a plan comes together. Mm -hmm. I use yeah. three words, trust the process with my kids, the kids in my archery program all the time. You know, they hate doing blind bail. They don't like to do draw holds. They don't like to do certain things. And I always tell them like, listen, I only sprinkle them in there for you because I know you don't enjoy them, but you have to trust the process because it helps you. And when they realize and they see the, that continuously, like, oh, yeah, it does help. Oh, yeah, it does help. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to go do blind bail before. Like, okay, see ya. Good job. You know, but yeah, trust the process. I Doc, I mean, Doc is definitely onto something not onto something. I mean, I learned it uh, much of what it about the dealing with target panic thing I've learned from doc and his talk about natural systems and how like what we have, we are capable of so much um, in the human body. And, and a lot of archers haven't learned to, or aren't taking advantage of it. And that's one of like the major pitfalls in barebell. It, it's, like we, we want to have control all the time of everything. Sometimes you got to get out of your own way. Yeah. You have to, you, <laughs> I've had this discussion with Demer uh, you where we're like, you kind of have to let go of the control to gain the control, to get the consistency. You have to trust the process. Yeah. And it's like, it's yeah. this foreign thing. Like people want to preach control, control, control. And, and it's, it's in some ways it's the control is your own knowledge of your own archery and your own knowledge of your body and what your body can do. And yeah. it's just- The man. greatest warrior. The greatest warrior is the one who conquers himself. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you, you find out how you're a part of the system and how you, how you join with it and to use all the resources that are there and um, yeah, so, and, and the first thing that archers learn is, is to let go of control with the hands. Stop choking that bow handle and choking that release aid. <laughs> no, it, that's not, that's not just a compound thing. That is for sure. That is definitely yeah. a bare bow thing. All across archery. Add all yeah. that extra tension in right those there. hands and find out what happens. Mm. Mm. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's, 
it's funny because I yeah. recorded a podcast earlier today for the Bearable Project, and it was a forum eval of a 12-year-old who has his, like, his, you know, and, and as most Bearable shooters kind of do one of these with, with dealing with target panic when you don't shoot for a while or you got things going on. And um, that's one of the big things that's happening is the consistency from hand to hand, and the amount of movement happening on each mm-hmm. side of the shot. But he's really, he's making some good progress, um, you know, but it's with kids, it's tough. That's kids are, are, um, they're, they're a, 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 they're kind of a piece of artwork that you're just molding into trying to keep them going in the right direction. And, um, but that's not, man, that is definitely not a compound Olympic recurve or a bare bow thing. That is an archery thing. Yeah. Get, get rid of the extra stuff. Trust the process. Like he's can't emphasize it enough, but, um, all right. Well, I, uh, I mean, I, I think we got things covered and I'm not sure if doc had to, mm-hmm. had to check out somebody knocking on the door or what, um, oh, here he comes. Uh, anything else, Larry? I'm good. We're good. Great to see you tonight. Jack's going to go back to that Turkey. I think. Good to have you on board, Jack. I appreciate it very much. I said, Jack, I said, you're going to go back and look for that turkey that you, uh, that you I would have, unfortunately, know. our season went out the 10th. Oh. <laughs> that was my last day. And so well, there's a lot of less, up. there's fewer hunters when you. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. There seems to still be the same number of men in green though. I don't think you would be year. too happy about that. <laughs> no, those, those mm-hmm. turkeys survived another season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. Um, once again, at, for the Archie Coach cast, uh, we're probably going to hang around here and chat a little bit, but you guys can follow this podcast. You can watch it on YouTube. You can listen to the audio version on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that mumbo jumbo. It's, you can find it somewhere. Just uh, just search for Archie Coach Cast and the International Archie Institute. Jack, thank you once again for joining us. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh,